and welcome in to the mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I know it's been a while, but work has been absolutely insane. But now that Black Friday is over and we are into December, I think we're going to be good. I think. I hope. I hope to God we're going to be good. But we shall see. But... It can't be all bad, because we got a brand new freaking Halo game a whole month early. I know this was two weeks ago now, but hey, I'm still hyped, I still want to talk about it, and I still want to give 343 props for just straight up dropping, dropping their nuts on the table and saying, bring it EA and Activision. Like, oh yeah, you th oh, Vanguard, you thought you had until December to just make people wait for the new Warzone, which is all your player base cares about anymore. Well, here. Have your first real competition in 15 years. Boom. Like, that's... That's essentially what they did. It's like, here, Call of Duty, have your first real competition since 2007. Funk. Like, it was, it was kind of amazing. I was... I was literally at work on Monday the 15th and I check my phone really quick because we're slow and I can get away with that and I like clearing my notifications every couple hours so it's a little less intimidating when I go to break and can check all that. And I just see a ping from the Halo Discord server. I'm like, that's weird. Don't get pings from them all that often. It's like, oh, hey guys, uh, multiplayer's out today. Have fun. And, um, have fun we all did. Like, yes, the progression system kind of sucks. The items on the battle pass, little underwhelming, because it's just rehashes of stuff from Reach. You know what? I'm good with that, because Reach's customization was really good. I know Reach came out, what, 10, 11 years ago? God, that... That makes me feel old. But it's fine. Totally fine. It reaches 11 years old. No no big deal at all. God, that kind of hurts. <laughs> but it's been a while. And, but Reach's customization was really good. And if you recall, unlocking customization options in Reach wasn't exactly easy. Like, you unless you pre-ordered and got recon, you you would look boring as frick through most of the campaign. Like you would look really boring through the campaign. But <clears throat> I I love to reach. Don't get me wrong, and I love infinite. Uh, we're what about we're. Uh, day this comes out, we're a week out from uh, from the campaign. Campaign drops next Wednesday. God, I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. The uh, As I'm recording this, the campaign launch trailer came out a couple hours ago. And it, it's some stuff we've seen before, but like putting it all together, it's it's so good. It's it, it's so good. I I can't wait. I, I, I cannot wait to, uh, to dive back in 
to the Halo story because it seems like 343 has finally gotten their crap together when it comes to storytelling. And like Chief actually has some good Chief and the side characters around him actually have some good one-liners again because uh, go back to 5 there were not many good one-liners. Other than like hell she is, there there was not a good chief line. Like, there's so many, there aren't many good, like, thought I'd try shooting my way out, mix things up a little, Halo 3. Uh, I won't, Halo 2. To give the Covenant back their bomb, Halo 2. Like, those are, those are such iconic chief lines. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship, sir, finishing this fight? Anyway, this is talking about MP, because MP we've had our hands on for about two weeks now. And yes, the battle pass, kind of wonky. The Fracture uh, Tenrai event, kind of sucks. It gives you a bunch of XP grants, though, which is cool. Because that will help progress the battle pass without actually having to spend money. Because I have been tempted... To spend more money and unlock uh, some battle pass tiers, because I want to get, I want to get either original recon like Reach recon, or I want to get the uh, the Trailblazer helmet for the Mark Seven armor core because it it's literally just recon. It, it's like a modernized recon because Infinite's probably a, a solid. Infinite's probably what a solid twenty years after Reach at this point. <laughs> Like, it's been a while. <laughs> like, it, it's been a a decent amount of time since, uh, since Reach happened in the Halo universe. I feel like it's been, it has to have been at least 10 years. Because Chief was. Chief was in a. Uh, yeah, 2560. So that is. Halo Reach, 2552. Halo Reach spanned about three months. Uh, Halo. And then uh, the the main series only spanned three months. Reach, Reach itself took place over the course of two months. From July to September of 2552. From Combat Evolved to Halo 3 was three months. I did not realize that. Then four is four years later. Halo Infinite is at least February 2561. So it's been... It's been a solid 19 years... No, nine years since Reach. So it's been almost 10 years since Reach. But I'm getting sidetracked again, like I do a lot on this show. You, you should be used to that at this point if you've listened for any extended period of time. But customization options, not the best. The progression is bad. 
Like, I, I don't like the battle pass progression at all. But 343 has said they're working on it, and they said almost immediately, like, hey, we are working on this. And honestly, everything else about the game is fun. I don't think any of the maps are truly bad. Now, some maps are better than others. Uh, Live Fire and Aquarius immediately come to mind. I, I would say Live Fire and Aquarius are my top two. Streets is good. I do like Streets. Then I would say Bizarre. No, I like Recharge better now. Then Recharge, then Bizarre for, like, arena maps. And then Behemoth. Behemoth. It's weird. Behemoth in pubs, in, like, quick play, is really fun because you have the vehicle spawns to fight over. In ranked, Behemoth sucks. It's too big. Like, Behemoth should not be in the map pool for ranked. Once they add some more maps in the coming months, I hope they take Behemoth out because I don't think I've seen it in HCS yet because it's just too big. Like, it's just too big. Without vehicles, it's terrible. Like, it's a good map with vehicles. It'd probably be better for... Make it a little bit bigger. It's an awesome big team map. Like, because the big team maps in Infinite are gigantic. Uh, I haven't I haven't learned all of their names yet, but I do... Uh, I have enjoyed the ones I've played. I haven't played that much big team, but... Because I was, I was kind of grinding ranked a little bit, and I was doing quick play arena to uh, warm up for that. But speaking of ranked, one, the game launched with a ranked mode <laughs> and team skins, which uh, you cannot say about Vanguard. Uh, we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. That's kind of its own separate thing that will still be part of this segment, but that's coming later. The first two weekends of HCS competition have been really freaking good. Like, oh my god. Grand Finals week one, where like Cloud9 came storming out. They won they won that CTF on Aquarius, they won it fair and square, but Optic put up a fight, and then Optic immediately turned it around and was like, hey, we're gonna push you to the limit here. We're gonna push you to five games. Slayer on Live Fire in Series 1, because Slayer on Bazaar in the reset was an absolute stomping. But Map 5 Slayer on Live Fire was 50-49. to 49. That is the closest you can possibly get in a game of Slayer. Like, they were just fighting over, over the overshield, as it should be. Like, that... That live fire map was so freaking, so freaking hype. That was so good. Just, just imagine that on LAN. Like, both teams are tied at 49. And you, and when you see the game end, you don't entirely know who won. Like, you don't know who won right away. And then you see that Optic gets the win. The green wall goes nuts. Like, that would have been epic on land. And then, forget it in the finals reset, when they just absolutely dominated on uh, Slayer on Bazaar. It was a 50-21 to 21 final. They jumped out to a 7-8-1 seven to seven or eight to one lead to start that off. 
Like, Optic is the best team in the world right now, and it's not close. Like, Cloud9 are the only team that can kind of challenge them, and look what happened just a week later after that absolute banger of a series. Uh, they got 3-1 in Grand Finals, and uh, they came out of loser's bracket that time, so Optic just kind of won the series. Like, that is a... That is a really good team. Uh... What is it? Lucid, APG, Pistola, and I am blanking on the fourth guy's name. I got to look that up because he's one of the four best players. He's one of the best players in the world. So what's uh, what's their uh, what's their current roster? Trippy. That's right. How how can I forget Trippy? That man had that man had so many. <laughs> That man had so many uh, triple kills. How could I forget that his name is Trippy? <laughs> like, these four are absolutely insane. And I, I just have to say, I love the fact that there is a there is a guy just playing at the top of his game with an old school gamer tag. Like, I got your pistola. You're spelled you are. <laughs> like. That is amazing. Everyone, the commentators just call him Pistola or Ola. Like, very rarely do people actually call him by his full name. But it shows up on the, it shows up on the broadcast feed when you're, when you're watching his POV, it says, I got your Pistola. Like, I, as kind of an old school guy, like, one, he, one of the few esports pros that is still older than me by multiple years. Like he he's got such he's got that that's such an old school name and I absolutely love it. And dude's just a freak of nature. So's Lucid. Like Lucid with the shock rifle is terrifying. And like this isn't take away from Cloud9. Renegade, Stellar, these guys are really good too. It's just like there's a drop there's a little bit of a drop off from Optic to Cloud9. Then there is a massive drop off and it's everyone else, including even the best teams in Europe and Australia, New Zealand and Latin America and I, I don't think Asia actually has anything cuz no, they don't they're not part of the uh, HCS store. Yeah, who cares? We don't need them. We we don't we don't need Asia for for good Halo esports. But it's, uh, Halo is off to a very good start. We're what, uh, basically two weeks away from, from two and a half weeks away from Raleigh. It's, uh, it's two weeks from Friday. It starts. So we're effectively two and a half weeks away from Raleigh. I really wish I was going. I, I should have just, I hate when tickets came out. Because tickets came out right before I got paid. And by the time I got paid, those tickets were already sold out. That's just bad luck by me right there. And I, I've seen the roadmap. None of the other majors in North America are close. Like the other one, 
I think the other one's in Kansas City. <laughs> like HCS roadmap. Let's let's see. Uh, let me find let me find the thing. Um, online platform broadcast info format overview. Here's the roadmap. Okay. Yeah, uh, February 11th through the 13th, right before Valentine's Day, because of course it is. Uh, Anaheim. Great. Uh, HCS Major number two. Kansas City, Missouri. April 29th through May 1st. Uh, Valencia, that's in Spain. HCS Regional, Mexico City. Uh, HCS Online Super, that's online, so... No spectate, no uh, crowd, because it's just an online tournament. Uh, HCS Regional, Melbourne, Australia, Orlando, Florida. And what is that, September? I don't hate that. I, I would be down to go to Orlando in September. And then uh, about a week before Halloween, the World Champion, the Halo World Championship 2022 is in Seattle. So that's uh that's kind of what we're looking at here. I uh yeah, we're still it's it's going to be a while before I get to a Halo event. Cuz the one I'm most likely to be able to get to just because of distance is Orlando. And I uh I'm tempted to start planning that now and just make a week out of it. Like, cause September, September of next year, the 23rd through the 25th is a weekend. I'm kind of tempted to just start planning that now and make an entire week out of that. Like go down on Monday, <laughs> like go down on Monday, hit the parks on, on Tuesday and Wednesday, literally just, uh, Harry Potter World, Galaxy's Edge, sleep, get ready for the major, then come home Monday the 26th. Like, I'm half tempted to start planning that right now. <laughs> you know what? I, you know what? Write it down. I am committing to that. I am going to start planning to make that happen. Like, I am, I am going to plan to go to Orlando for a week in next, next September. <laughs> Cause I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna go to, uh, I'm gonna go to major three. Cause I'd much rather go to Orlando in September than Seattle in late October, just because of weather. Like, hopefully, I, I'm, I'm in a position where I can just go to both. But if I have to go to one, I am planning right now. HCS Major 3, Orlando, Florida, September 23rd through the 25th of 2022. Yeah, I'm going to hold myself to that. I am going to I'm going to make plans to make that work. Cuz I want to go to that. And I also need an excuse to go to Orlando anyway. So, uh I'm I'm saying that right now on November 30th, 2021 that I am planning to go to the major, the the HCS Major Three in Orlando next year, and I have what 
10 months to plan this. <laughs> I think I can actually pull this off. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, the other giant issue on the table here. This surprise Halo launch really pissed off COD players. And I can't say I blame them. At all. Because Vanguard launched with no ranked play, without CDL skins, and we still do not know what the third game mode is going to be for CDL this year. We assume it's going to be Control, but Control is still not in the game. And it, it and League play have not been announced for Season 1. Like, unless they are secretly part of Season 1, it's going to be in the new year. Like, we're not going to know what the third game mode is or be able to play it until January. So, um, it's not great because, um, think about it this way. The HCS modes are Slayer, Oddball, Strongholds, and Capture the Flag. Now, in a normal non-championship series, you obviously don't play all four of them. You only play three. But um, all of those modes are in the game. You can play them in ranked mode with the exact same rule set the pros use. Can't do that in Vanguard. Don't know what the banned items are. There's visual bugs that don't let you easily tell if people are using banned items. Like, Vanguard's a freaking mess. And, you know, shotguns on DOS House. Look, I love DOS House, but getting deleted by shotguns like that is not cool. DOS House is fun. The way people have decided to play DOS House after, after the first week is uh, once they discovered shotguns are freaking broken is very much not fun. But think about this. HCS has announced its entire schedule for the next year across multiple regions. Across North America, Australia, New Zealand, Europe, and Latin America. That is four different regions that span basically the entire globe other than Asia. And really, Asian teams could probably play on the Australia-New Zealand server if they really wanted to. They'd have some pretty crap ping, but they could make it work. Like, if, if Korean players could still play on the Korean server at Worlds last year in China... I feel like a Japanese or Korean Halo team could make playing Halo work on the Australia-New Zealand server. Might have some pretty, pretty crap ping, but I feel like they could actually make it work. It'd probably be better to just fly down to Australia and, and play from there. But they've announced their entire roadmap. The CDL, not only do we not know the schedule or what the third game mode is, 
there is a 12th team in the league that is still unaccounted for. We don't know who that 12th team is going to be or if there will even be a 12th team this season. Have fun figuring that one out for seeding and everything when you have 11 teams. Like, good job figuring out a tournament with a prime number. Good, good luck with that one, guys. Good luck. But most of the pros are really furious. A couple Challengers players said, screw it, I'm playing Halo instead because they're just not having fun with Vanguard. Like, this is not... This is not a good situation for Call of Duty. Caldera better be freaking awesome or COD is in big trouble. And really, I, I I think the shift has already started. Like, people realized how much more fun arena shooters are than BRs. Like, people are going to go back to Warzone when Caldera drops and everyone's still just going to be camping in corners a map that is set in 1944 will still somehow have a freaking heartbeat sensor spawn on it. Because that makes sense. That's barely realistic technology in 2021. Let alone 1944. But whatever. Sure. Just let people keep camping in, in corners. And people are like, they put a lot of color in Caldera. I'll give them that. There's not as many you know, shades of brown and dark green. But they're still going to be camping because it's a BR. That's all it will ever be is just a camp fest. And now that people have realized arena shooters are still fun, the writing's on the wall. Like, Infinite's going to be the number one game. Like, I hate that Twitch viewership is a metric, but... Halo's been blowing Call of Duty out of the water the past two weeks. And I think it's kind of funny. But it's a good time to be a Halo fan. I'm I'm glad that Halo has always been my primary game, at least in my heart. Because now that we've finally got a good Halo game again, I don't feel like a bandwagoner for going back home. But what do you guys think? Have you been having fun with Infinite or is the progression system just too much? Uh, if you think that, I think you're wrong. But hey, that's your opinion. What have you guys thought of the HCS? What do you guys think of the mess the CDL is in right now? All those things. Let me know on Twitter, at RealPatterson50. Or uh, join the Discord. Join the conversation over there. Link will be in the show description. Or come by my stream. Always, uh, always down to talk about this stuff with chat too. Link for that also in the show description. But uh, that's what I got for this little Halo Call of Duty <laughs> mashup. But uh, up next, uh, we got some college football news to talk about. So uh, that's coming up uh, right after this little transition here on the mashup. All right, let's uh, let's get into some college football. Been a while since we've uh, we've talked CFB on the show, but um, some stuff happened. Whole lot of stuff happened in just the space of a couple days. Uh, season's not technically over yet, but coaching carousel is already going around and around and around. 
Uh, two big ones happened just a couple hours apart. We had Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for the job at USC, which um, I don't believe the story he told Scott Van Pelt for a second, where it was just, oh yeah, I heard from them first thing Sunday morning, and that was the first time I heard from them. Yes, then um, you arranged for the purchase of three houses in Los Angeles and uh, the sale of your house in Norman. And the use of USC's private jet in just the space of a couple hours. Sure. You know how hard it is to buy a house in LA? A, they're expensive. B, there is a crap ton of people. Yeah, you, you bought a house in LA and USC arranged the use of their private jet to fly to Oklahoma... And come pick you up and get you out to L.A. And, oh boy, Sooner fans are taking this well. Including Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, Sooner fans are taking this so well. Traitor flags everywhere. People leaving flowers at Bob Stoops' statue because he's still there. Guy... Guys, Bob Stoops is still alive. <laughs> like, I wonder what Bob Stoops thought about that. Because, like, he's not that old. Like, sure, he, he's 61. Like, sure, he's retired. But, like, he's still got, he's still got plenty of life ahead of him. Like, yeah, he's in the back half. He's, he's older. But, like, he's 61. He's still got time. Don't go leaving flowers at his statue like he's dead. Oh, man, I, I feel bad for Oklahoma fans on this one. Because it's very clear what he wanted. Like, he said on Saturday, no, I'm not taking the LSU job. And less than 18 hours later... Lincoln Riley, breaking news. Lincoln Riley to become new head coach at University of Southern California. Well, he said he wasn't taking the LSU job. You you asked the wrong question, Mr. Reporter. Because uh, <laughs> it's clear what he wanted. Like, it's clear what he's doing. Oklahoma is joining the SEC in, what, two years? I, I, think, I think they're joining in 2023. You really think he wants to be coaching in the SEC? No. The Pac-12 sucks. And he's the best coach USC has had since Pete Carroll. And Pete Carroll hasn't been at USC for a long time. It, it has been a while at this point since Pete Carroll left USC to take the Seahawks job. Because, like, He's won a Super Bowl, and he's been to another one with that same Seahawks team. So, uh, it's been a while. If if you don't watch Critical Role, you won't get that joke, and no, I will not explain it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a considerable amount of time since USC has had a good coach. 
Heck, Lane Kiffin was the last kind of good coach they had other than Pete Carroll. And people were spray painting the word Kiffin next to fire lane markers on the street where it just said fire lane and they, and someone spray painted or spray painted down with a stencil Kiffin. Like that is some dedication to getting rid of a coach. They, they left him at the airport. Like wait, one, they just haven't had good coaches. Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian. Heck, I think Ed Ogeron was there for a little while. And now he's out at LSU. We, I think, I think Coach O is just done. I think Coach O is just going to hang it up because uh, he got a fat buyout from LSU, and he is getting up there in years. I think he's older than Bob Stoops. Yeah, Ed Ed Ogeron is. Oh, he's younger. Ed Ogeron is sixty, but still, like he's he's sixty. Like, he won a national championship at LSU, and he got an absolutely fat buyout for them to fire him this year. Like, I don't know if he takes another job. I think he just hangs him up and uh, enjoys the insane amount of money he's made over the course of his entire career. But speaking of Ed Ogeron, we know who his replacement is, and uh, Brian Kelly. <laughs> Dude, you you literally Irish goodbye to the Irish... How did you manage that? This man literally Irish goodbye the fighting Irish. One, that's hilarious. Two, that's messed up. And I can't decide which it's more of. Because once I thought of that and wrote it on the rundown for this show, I was like, oh my God, that's hilarious. But it's also kind of messed up because his players found out on social media, he sent the most football coach text of all time had a meeting with the players this morning that lasted all of two minutes and uh, where he did all the talking answered no questions and then turned around and left a team who is very much still in a position to make the playoffs this year. He's just like, nah, I'm going to LSU. <laughs> Have fun, Brian. Some you know, affiliate member of the ACC is um, a lot easier than playing in the SEC. So uh, have fun, coach. Have fun. Like that's such a that that's such a scummy move. Like oh my god. Like it track down the it's it's all over Twitter. Just track down the text he sent his players where he signed it Coach Kelly, he let it off with men. Like, it is the most football coach text I have ever read in my entire life. Like, college football coaches are some of the strangest people on the planet, as is. But, like, just read that text. It's so funny. Like, it's messed up. If, if you're a Notre Dame player, it is messed up. Because rumors are... He's taking Notre Dame's defensive... He's taking his defensive coordinator with him to LSU. Like, dude was a shoe-in for the interim job. He's probably not going to get to stay head coach, but he's probably an absolute shoe-in for the interim job. And he's probably going to just go be Kelly's defensive coordinator at LSU. 
Which is a terrifying thought, because that is continuity. Kind of. At least in staff. That is staff continuity. But, man, I... I like, he changed his Twitter banner before LSU even officially announced him as head coach. Like, it's so scummy. I, I thought Brian Kelly was better than this. Like, I kind of get... <clears throat> I, I know why Lincoln Riley wanted to leave. He wanted to get out of the SEC. He, he wanted to avoid coaching in the SEC. Because think about that. You still have... You still have Nick Saban to worry about. You have Georgia to worry about. <clears throat> you have Lane Kiffin, who has completely turned his career around at Ole Miss. You have Mississippi State to worry about because, like, they're still going to be able to get players. And you have Texas coming with you. And you have A&M. And you have A&M to worry about again. Like, A&M are wildly inconsistent, so are Texas, but still... Like, you have to worry about Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Old Miss, Mississippi State, LSU. I wouldn't want to do that either. I'd, I'd run off to the Pac-12 where you, you are going to a historic job in USC so you can build it back up to something. It's probably not that hard to recruit guys to play in Los Angeles. And... The Pac-12 kind of sucks. The Pac-12 is wide open. Like, USC is going to be making the playoff two out of every three years in, like, like that, it'll probably take him two years to get that established. So come the 2023 season, USC is going to be a shoe-in to make the playoff, like, two out of every three years. Like, they're going to be an absolutely dominant power in the Pac-12. Like, unless unless UCLA or Stanford or Oregon can, can figure their crap out and get some good coaching in there, like, USC is going to dominate the Pac-12 for, uh, I would say, probably at least the next 10 years. That That's my projection right now, is that USC probably dominates the Pac-12 for a good 10 years. Because look at the Pac-12 this year. They cannibalize themselves. That's not going to happen with a Lincoln-Riley-USC team. At all. That That's not even going to come close to happening with a Lincoln-Riley-USC team. Like, that offense in the Pac-12, they're not going to know what to do. The, the quarterback whisperer that is Lincoln-Riley recruiting to USC... Some of the best uniforms in all of college football, because they've literally, like, never changed. They've just, you know, updated to look modern. But, like, the actual design itself on the jersey has almost never changed. Like, the tradition of USC football is insane. More people care about them than the Rams and the Chargers in L.A. Like... Like, football power ranking in terms of fan engagement in L.A. goes USC, UCLA, then the Rams and the Chargers. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild couple years. And hopefully, 
hopefully Cincinnati doesn't lose uh, Luke Fickle. With them going to the Big 12, he might not be tempted by the Notre Dame job, but it's still a possibility where Luke Fickle could be tempted by the Notre Dame job, and that would suck. Like, Cincinnati deserves so much better than that. Like, they're finally... They were finally able to prove themselves. They were able to go 12-0. I, I haven't seen... Because right now it's only 5.30. So I have not seen the new rankings yet. But I assume it's probably going to follow pretty close to what the AP Top 25 is. Where it's... Alabama 1, Michigan 2, I think. I mean, let me look it up again. Because I, I had it, and then I closed the... Uh, yeah, Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, Alabama is is one through four. I feel like I feel like that's going to hold with the uh the playoff committee as well. At least that top four. Like maybe Notre Dame might be in over Bama, but I doubt it. I don't think Oklahoma State really deserves that fourth spot. Like it's gonna be uh it's going to be interesting to see what the actual top four is. Uh, Cincinnati's got some cushion now at three. If if they win the American Championship this weekend against Houston, which they absolutely should, they're, in my opinion, they should be a lock. And I feel like uh, whoever loses out of Georgia and Bama in the SEC Championship game this weekend, they're they're out of the top four. I feel like I could see maybe, because I, I feel like both of them, I think if if Georgia wins, if Georgia wins, Cincy wins, if if Georgia and Cincy both win, the, uh, if Georgia and Cincy both win, and Michigan wins, I feel like that's your top four is wait Georgia's already in there or Michigan's already in there I feel like yeah it's it, it's a tough call like Michigan probably has to win the Big Ten championship which they are more than capable of Michigan has to win the Big Ten championship to stay in the top four since he has to win the American and I think whoever wins, I think if Georgia loses, they're still in. If Bama loses, they're out. That's that's kind of my prediction for the aftermath of this weekend. Like, if Georgia wins the SEC championship game, they're the only SEC team in the top four. If Bama wins, uh, Michigan's won. A, a Big Ten champion Michigan is one since he's two Bama's three and Georgia's four. I think like that's such recency bias, but the committee is nothing but recency bias. So I think, I think that's your four given that situation. If, if Georgia wins your top four is Georgia, Michigan, Cincy. And then God, it really, it really all depends on how well Bama plays in the SEC championship game. If they keep it, if Bama can even keep it close, they both get in. I think. 
Because they just barely beat Auburn this weekend. It's so tough to call. No, I feel like I feel like Bama needs to win the SEC championship to get in. Like if they lose, they're they're out. I just don't know who jumps up to four to replace them. Maybe it is Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma the Big Twelve has fooled everyone like literally every single year. Like it it could be Notre Dame. I, I don't think it'll be Ohio State. They're ten and two. I, I don't think you'll get Outside of Bama, I don't think you'll get a two-loss team in the playoff. No, I don't think... I think it'll be Oklahoma State. Just because, like, the Big 12 doesn't have a... Like, the Big 12 doesn't have a championship game, do they? Because they didn't for the longest time. Uh, Let's see. NCAA football. Oh, they're playing Baylor. So, yeah, they would have to... uh, is Baylor also one loss? Oh, Baylor's two loss. So a one loss Oklahoma State Big 12 champion could get in. It, it, it'd be between them and Bama. Like, it would be between them and Bama, and I don't know where the committee goes. Because Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have both been embarrassed in the playoff already. Because <laughs> the semifinal games usually end up sucking. But we could get some variety this year where you don't have, like, if it shakes out correctly, we could have a playoff without Alabama, Ohio State, or Clemson. That would be insane. That would be straight up insane. And it's a very real possibility because Ohio State's already out. So is Clemson. They're not even in, like, Clemson's nine and three. They're, they're out. They are on the outs. They'll be... They'll 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 probably end up going to a pretty crappy bowl game, honestly. Like no ACC reps in uh, in the big boy games this year because the highest ranked ACC team right now is Pitt at seventeenth. They're ten and two. Like props to Wake Forest for getting up as high as they have, and they uh. They're, they're, they paid their coach and he's earned it because this is the highest ranking they've been in a long time. But yeah, right now, right now, I would say, assuming they all win their championship games, Georgia, Michigan, and Cincy, absolute locks. Like Georgia, Michigan, and Cincy are absolute locks. Like Michigan finally got over the hump. They beat Ohio State. Heck, the Harbaugh's went 2-0 against the state of Ohio this weekend. So uh get that get that Game of Thrones clip. The the Harbaugh's send their regards. Stab. Just to the entire state of Ohio. Just, just Roose Bolton, the entire state of Ohio. But uh It's it's gonna be uh very interesting to uh see the final rankings next Tuesday, cause the committee could very well do it and just drop Cincy out and make Oklahoma State and Bama three and four. Like, they could do it. I wouldn't put it past them. Like, if if Cincy loses the American Championship game, which I honestly don't think they will, because they steamrolled the entire American this year and they beat Notre Dame, like, they should get in. 
they they absolutely deserve to get in, but we'll uh, we'll see what the committee does. But that's what I got for uh, college football. Up next, we'll uh, get into some League of Legends, and oh boy, there's a mess on that front. We'll uh, we'll get into that up next here on the mashup. So, Worlds has come and gone. We're still, you know, two months away from the start of the new ranked season. And uh, the map has gone through some changes again. We got two new dragons coming next year. We got the the Hextech and the Chemtank Drake because got to get that Arcane cross promotion. Hey, don't get me wrong. I freaking loved Arcane. We'll, we'll get into that more in a little bit, too. But So, uh, some stuff happened with TSM. I mean, I, I, I've never liked TSM, like, at all. Just something felt off about them. I think their jerseys are freaking boring. Their SIG ripoff logo is kind of bad. And for the most part, they've just been, um constantly disappointing to me as a fan of North American League of Legends because uh oh and six still happened and hey but hey you can't go oh and six at worlds if you don't make it to worlds right everybody went at least cloud and I went two and four but they got out of groups because tiebreakers because Dom one just kind of steamrolled everybody and then uh lost it in finals and uh they broke up the team has completely broken up like Look at Damwon's roster now. Everyone left. Like, everyone from that World Championship team is gone. They have all scattered to the four winds. Pretty much exclusively in Korea. But, like, they are, uh... They are no more. They probably won't be as good next year. (laughs) Because all their good players went somewhere else. But now the, uh, but on the North American front, which is what I tend to care about more on this show, uh, TSM, they are a mess. Doublelift finally said, screw it, and came out and said, oh yeah, Reggie sucks. Which I think we've all kind of known for a while that Reggie does kind of suck. But he finally came out and said, like, oh yeah, there has been... Like, him constantly making players cry. Just constant mental and emotional abuse, which sounds terrible. I mean, we we all know the famous, you know, infamous clip of, uh, of him getting into an argument with Dyrus, like, ten years ago. Like, Di- and Dyrus apologizing, and then... And then Reggie getting it all pissed at Dyrus for how he apologized, saying his apology wasn't good enough. And, like, letting it drop for, like, five minutes and then coming back and just egging him on even more. Like, ugh. I hate that. Like, I, I've never liked Reggie. Like, and after the whole... After the whole with no... With, with no import rule, you'd be making minimum wage thing. Like... And him trying to cover it up with, oh, you'd be making the LCS minimum. Which is still like, one, the LCS minimum is not a whole lot of money by California standards. 
I, I would like to make that much money, but it's not a whole lot of money by California standards. But we know he what he meant. It's like you'd be working at McDonald's. And like, sure, Fudge has leaned into that since then, but I don't remember if it's Fudge or Vulcan, but it was one of the two of them. Like they've and all of Cloud Nine as a whole have leaned into that since then, because if Cloud Nine is good at one thing, it is trolling TSM. But man, like Doublelift called them out. Bjergsen left. He's like, nah, I, I don't want to. And he was a part owner of TSM. He sold off his shares of the team, stepped down from the coaching job, and went back to playing pro and signed with Team Liquid. One of TSM's oldest rivals that isn't Cloud9. Or CLG, but CLG isn't really relevant anymore. If they signed Bjergsen, I'd be running to the apocalypse bunker. If a dumpster fire of a team like C if an equally dumpster fire of a team like CLG managed to sign Bjergsen, I I'd be running for the bunkers. Like no one would be safe. Cause the apocalypse would be upon us. But yeah, he, he's going to TL and um TL is stacked. Whippo. Uh, I think they have Santora, Brippo top, Santora and jungle, Bjergsen mid, and then Hans Sama and Core JJ in the bottom lane. One of the best supports of all time, a rising star on the world stage ADC. The best player to, one of the best players to ever play most of his career in North America, even though he's not from here. Like I consider, like he has NA residency. I know he's technically... Like, I consider him an NA player at this point. He spent most of his career here. He barely has an accent anymore. Like, he's he's a North American player. Like, he's, he's North American, 100%. But he's coming out of retirement to go play with TL. Like, they are going all in on next year. And I'm glad someone's trying something. Because, sure, like, other orgs are, are taking a, like, developing homegrown talent approach. Hundred Thieves. Signing General Freaking Sniper. But, yeah, TL... TL wants to do something now, and... With this roster, it'll be a disappointment if they don't. Because Hansam is a really good ADC, and if you give him Core JJ... Uh, you know, world champion support, one of the best supports of all time. You give him core JJ to play with and Bjergsen mid. Like he's going to have fun. <laughs> that TL roster is going to be really, really good next year. In hundred thieves. I think, I think they're spinning their wheels. Cause let's see LCS, a LCS age requirement, 17. 17 is the is the minimum age. So once you once you hit your 17th birthday, you're good. Like like once you hit your 17th birthday, you're good. Let's now let's see how old General Sniper is. General Sniper's 15. But he literally just turned 15 like 2 weeks ago. So um he's pretty young. But he's, uh, he just signed with 100 Thieves. 
and uh, it's only it's only for a year. But like, let's be honest, dude is the youngest player to ever hit challenger in North America. They want to, they want to keep him around. They absolutely want to keep this guy around because dude's a freak of nature. He's a freak on Riven. He's a, and he's a freak on Aurelia. Like Rivens is number one. Like Rivens is go to, but and he's going to be playing with hundred X. I think, like I think right now, looking at their current roster, keeping Abadaga mid, and like I'm glad they have roster continuity because that was a good team last year. They just kind of got unlucky at Worlds and they didn't play that great at Worlds. But hey, they were North American champions. I'm glad they're keeping the roster together. But at the same time, like. Tenacity is starting to uh, prepare to take over for someday in top lane. Like they still have FBI and Huhi, that's fine. Still have closer and still have closer in jungle. I'm good with that because he's really good. But like they're going to be spinning their wheels for the next two years on uh, on Abadaga because think about it this way. Actually, three. No, two years, because 2022 season, 2023 season. He won't be able to play for two more years. But uh, come the 2024 split, when General Sniper will in fact be 17, because his, his 17th birthday will be on November 10th, 2023. So come the spring split of 2024, he's going to be starting... In not mid in top, so tenacity, tenacity is uh, is holding General Sniper's spot for him. Like, if he develops the way he's kind of projected to, you know, youngest player to hit challenger ever. If he develops the way he's projected to, the second he turns seventeen, he's getting signed to a full LCS contract by Hundred Thieves. Like guaranteed, like they're going to get first dibs on bit on the bidding war for him. Cause let's be honest, this is turning into like colleges recruiting top prospects. Cause you can look at this guy and know he's going to be special, but you know, he's still a, he's still a sophomore. Actually, no, he's a freshman. God, that's painful. That freshman in high school were born in 2006. Oh, okay. That hurts. Anyway, <laughs> freshman in high school were born in 2006. That is a painful realization. I'll be honest, but he's a freshman, but you know, in a couple years, he's going to be really good and you're just waiting for him to turn 17 so you can really start recruiting him. Like that's exactly what's going down with this guy. He's probably going to dominate with hundred X. And and then as soon as he's old enough, 100 Thieves is going to throw a fat contract at him. And he's going to be their starting mid laner. And hopefully he will become a, like, Landon Donovan, Christian, Christian Pulisic, Mike Mudano type figure in North American League of Legends, where he is clearly the best North American born player ever. Because right now, I think that title still goes to double left. 
Right now, that title still belongs to Doublelift, but I feel like General Sniper can absolutely take that from him. But uh, going to be an interesting year. Uh, TSM has completely blown it up. Sword Art, Sword Art is uh, going back to China after just one year in North America. Perks is going back to Europe. Hans Sama is coming over. Like, the LCS is going to look considerably different next year, but I'm I'm excited for it. But let, let's... Uh, but man, I, I don't feel bad for TSM because now even Lena is gone. Like the TSM fan base is all going to follow Bjergsen to Liquid. And I think that's hilarious because I'm in a Discord server with some fans of TSM and they've all said, yeah, I'm done with TSM. My fandom follows Bjergsen. I'm a Liquid fan now. And I uh, can't say I blame them. I wouldn't want to cheer for a team run by Reggie either. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to catch up on three weeks of content in a single show. But uh, that's what I got for this episode of The Mashup. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoyed the uh, rest of... Hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to talk to you guys again uh, next Wednesday. I'm, I'm planning on it. But... Uh, yeah, that's it for the show today. Links in the show description, like I mentioned earlier. But, uh, yeah. Adios. See you next week. There you go. You never ask why. It's all